This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. Please remain calm. Welcome to another episode of How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse. I am Chad the Impaler. Thank you, everyone, for showing up today. We'll be talking to a narcissist abuse survivor named Sarah from the UK. And before I get into that conversation or hand it off to that pre-recorded part, I will say that, or a little bit of a warning, in this episode, there are a lot of uh, sound issues, and I used Skype for this episode. Preferably, I'd not like to use Skype because Skype uh, has been in existence since 2003, and it is now 2019, and for some reason, they still do not have their act together, and there's just a lot of uh, problems with sound, not necessarily drop calls, just a lot of uh, noise that occurs, uh, blurriness. I don't know what the exact term is. So unfortunately, I was planning on editing it so it was not there anymore, but it was vir- it's virtually impossible. So I want to apologize. There are moments uh, during it where I, I stop uh, Sarah when she's talking, explain to her what's kind of going on, because on her end, she can't hear what I was hearing. So... I was going to edit those parts out as well, and I decided I'm going to keep it in. You know, my style in life is, uh, I call it craptastic. So to me, it's just, it was natural to kind of keep it in. So when I do uh, call her back, uh, you'll hear the ringing of, of me calling her back, and sometimes I'll stop her as well because uh, it got, it got uh, a little blurry, so I asked her to repeat. So I just wanted everyone to know that that's going to, start happening. There was more of it at the beginning of the podcast. This one, this podcast, I think is going to run better an hour and a half. Also, uh, stay for the whole entire thing. Sometimes people drop off halfway or they skip through. In this one, you will hear eventually some crazy stuff. And Sarah went through a lot and it's not, she just didn't go through a lot in her life with this narcissist that she was dealing with, but she had a lot of uh, personal issues that happened as well. And uh, there's some surprises eventually when you get to it in the story. And Sarah uh, was very nice uh, to us and was uh, patient with the process of the Skype and everything to uh, stay with us the whole entire time and uh, stick with her story. And hopefully I didn't interrupt and and pull her off of everything and that she was uh, happy with how uh, her story was told. But now, again, like usual, I am rambling. I will stop bashing Skype, even though I could go on forever about uh, their service. And uh, anyway, without uh, further ado, here is my conversation with Sarah. 
Thanks for tuning in this week, everyone. For this episode, we have Sarah with us. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm fine, thanks. So Sarah got a hold of me through the website, I think, or through Gmail. I got a Gmail uh, message from you. And yes, you did, yeah. with a, uh, you know, th- this story is uh, pretty shocking from what I know. I don't know everything. I think it's better that I don't know any- everything. Um, and just seems like it's a winding road of a story that uh, keeps on going and is still going. Uh, and I know it's tra- traumatic uh, what happened to you. Uh, and I'm sorry this happened to you as everyone else out there as well who had this happen to them. Uh, but I'm now going to give this uh, uh, over to you. Uh, so I'm going to get out of your way. And thank you for sharing with us today, Sarah. And the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, well, before I start, I um, I don't have a diagnosis for my ex-partner, but I believe him to um, display the symptoms of a covert malignant narcissist and, and possibly a sociopath. Um, we met um, online, um, as many people do today. Um, I was in a relationship and so was he. We met as friends um, due to a mutual hobby. Um, we were both really interested in four by fours. Um, and um, at the time, there wasn't many groups on Facebook. They were talking about eight years ago. And I was probably one of maybe two or three women on the group. So we all kind of got quite a bit of male attention, obviously, it being quite a male a male interest. Um, but um, my, my partner became a friend just uh, like many. Um, we had lots of mutual friends. Um, we spoke about each other's partners um, and um, we shared information about our families. Um, it, was, uh, it was all just really nice. Um, it was a lovely group to be a part of. Um, and he knew me as quite a strong personality on that age. As a, as a woman in kind of male-dominated environment, um, you kind of have to be um, quite strong and thick-skinned. Um, so I wouldn't have come across as a typical victim. People kind of thought of me as very strong-willed, very capable. Um, and we got talking, we got talking um, personally, we started talking by messenger. Again, he wasn't the only person that I communicated with that way. Um, and we talk about our partners. Um, so there was no love interest. There was no, he was quite a lot younger than me as well, 12 years younger. Um, and I'd never been interested in younger men and he'd never sort of never been interested in older women. Um, so there was no, it, there wasn't even the slightest hint that this was going to become anything other than friendship. Um, he'd often contact me uh, um, and ask me about taking his uh, girlfriend out to a hotel and have I got any recommendations or places of interest to take her? And I thought, you know, this is really sweet. He's this young guy. He treats this this girlfriend of his so nicely, you know, oh, how lovely. Um, but suddenly things started to change and he'd start talking about her uh, cheating on him, seeing other men. Um, there were stories that um, he, he wasn't into going out drinking or um, going to clubs. Um, and she was, so he'd stay at home and she'd give him, uh, give him a call about 2 a.m. and say, oh, you know, me and my friends need basically a taxi home and he'd go and pick them up. And I was thinking, well, that's a really nice thing to do. But it sort of started making him sound like maybe she was expecting a little bit too much out of it. 
women maybe um, uh, kind of, yeah, taking advantage of his good nature. Um, so me and a couple of friends started feeling sorry for him, especially when we realised that one evening he picked her up from a, a man's house that was apparently slept together that evening and then she could rang her boyfriend to pick him up. And we were all shocked. We were like, you know, this is this is awful. I mean, he must be feeling absolutely terrible. Um, he, but what he actually did, he, he didn't. Uh, he ended up making, Sarah, making it up to her by taking her away. Sarah, yeah. for, for one second, can I stop you? Um, we're having yeah. a bad connection from Skype here. So if you can, oh, right. if you can remember for one second where you were, I'm going yeah. to call you back yeah. and hopefully the connection will be better. And then we'll just kind of okay, start, we'll problem. just, we'll just kind of start from where we were. And when I edit, I'll explain to everyone that there was a, a bad connection and we'll kind of go from there. So I just, um, yeah. I'm going to call you back in one second. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hopefully, uh, it works. It was before. What was happening was, uh, I guess, like every thirty seconds, it would get like uh, crumbly for like uh, five to ten seconds, and there it was getting yeah. bad. So, go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so continue um, when wherever you think you were. Okay. <clears throat> Um, so um, suddenly things changed and um, I, I was informed that um, his girlfriend had um, expected him to pick, him, pick her up from a, um, a man's house and she'd slept with him. Um, our friends were just, you know, myself and my friends were just absolutely shocked. You know, this poor, this poor person, um, you know, what must he be thinking? But instead of, um, we expected arguments, maybe a potential breakup, but no, he, he took her on another trip. Um, and we started thinking, whoa, you know, this is, this isn't, you know, normal behavior. This, this guy's not being treated right. And he's behaving, you know, he was behaving like a victim. Um, and we all spoke to him and he knew that we were all, we were all speaking as friends on his behalf, um, because we were concerned about him. But it also added a legitimacy to the, these claims he was making because he was telling me this story. He was telling about four other people this story. So we had no reason to disbelieve that this, this wasn't the case. Um, so this went on for quite some time and eventually she ended up leaving uh, you know, his girlfriend ended up leaving him. He was absolutely distraught about this. Um, he was planning to move with her to go to university. And um, all of a sudden she tells him, I've got another man waiting for me. I don't want you anymore. So we're just like, oh, my God, this is like, you know, he must be, you know, feeling terrible. But from what he's told us about it, you know, he's better off without this woman, you know, um, so we supported him through all that, that, you know, and, and, and he got through all that. Um, and he, but he was always quite down on himself. Um, then there was a few stories about his father being abusive. He would shout at his pair, at his children and his wife and, um, tell them things like that he wished he'd never, he'd never met them, that they've ruined his life. Um, and he's got four siblings and some of them are quite a bit younger than him. 
Um, and then he would just leave the property and nobody would know where he was for days or weeks. And apparently this was quite a regular occurrence. So um, I spoke to my partner at the time. We offered him a bed to stay uh, to stay the night if he needed somewhere to stay. But he didn't want to leave because he was worried about his mum. And we just thought, you know, this poor guy, all this, you know, he's, he's only 22 at the time and all this going on in his life. Um, you know, everybody had a lot of sympathy for him and he came across as the most genuine person. I'd never heard anybody say a bad word about him at all. Um, so maybe a couple of years later, we, um, we finally meet up for the first time. Um, I wanted a new four-wheel drive and um, him and a friend, a mutual friend, um, said they'd come over and we'd, we'd go and have a look. Um, at this point, my relationship had, had ended um, after 14 years together and I, he'd been there for me just as I'd been there for him. Um, we spoke about it. He was a really great support. Um, and, um, you know, we, we all just, me and me, him and a friend met up as, as just three friends going out to buy on a road to, to try and buy a car for me. Um, we ended up literally driving the whole of the UK for this car. It took us weeks to find one. Um, the first time we met, there was an unexpected spark between us. Um, we hadn't met, we hadn't talked like we were going to we were interested in each other romantically we hadn't flirted it was just we met and our eyes met it was one of those kind of you know fairy tale moments mm -hmm. you know, we met in a car park we, we saw each other we fell for each other and after the first day um we spent um other alone together going to look for the, for this new car for me can you repeat um, that? sorry can you repeat that because you uh you broke out there can you repeat what you just said i'm sorry um we spent every weekend after that looking for this car for me alone okay. um and we got on really really well um we had such a great time we knew so many we had so many mutual friends we could talk like you know like these were old friends it was just like it was as if we'd met up and we hadn't, you know, an old friend you hadn't seen for five years. You just non-stop talking, um, you know, great fun. We went all over the country um, and it, it was fantastic. Um, so this is how the relationship started, really. We didn't actually then stop spending time with each other. We lived um, nearly two hours away from each other. So as soon as he finished work or I finished work at the end of the week, one of us would travel to the other to spend time with each other. Um, the problem was my ex-partner was still living in my property. Um, it was partly financial reasons, partly he wasn't from the UK, he needed to move abroad and he did have legal right to stay here because he'd stayed, he'd been resident here so long for so long he was aware of that but that made it difficult for us to meet up he was living at home with his parents there wasn't much privacy um we couldn't really spend any time at my property so we were sometimes we camp in the four-wheel drive sometimes be hotels we might stay at my parents as they've got kind of an apartment in the garden um but this went on for quite some quite some months um but we would spend literally as soon as we finished work, we would be together from each other and go back to work. Oh, sorry. Looking you, back, you, it probably you, you, was. You I, broke up again there. Can you, I apologize. Can you repeat that once more time? It's okay. Um, yeah, we, we literally spent every moment together. We would, um, but looking back, it was, I suppose, quite full on, more full on than I would count as maybe normal looking back. 
But at the time, I didn't really think of that. I got my ex-partner living under the same roof as me. I want, you know, I just wanted to be out of the house. Um, so it was, you know, for me, it was, it was, it was actually quite good. Um, so yeah, move on eight months and we're kind of like, well, this is getting a bit difficult. You know, hotels are getting expensive. Um, you know, we, we ended up selling the vehicle that I bought because it was too expensive to run, you know, four hour round trip. The, the fuel economy was not great. So I sold my car. He had to sell his car to keep this relationship going. And it was exhausting traveling all the time. Um, my ex-partner had gone away for Christmas. Uh, he'd, um, this was the first time we were ever going to get an actual week together under one roof and be comfortable. Um, he suddenly decides he's not going to come for Christmas. He's just going to leave me on my own. And it's a small little thing, and you're just thinking, well, hang on a minute. You know, we've we've finally got some time together. We don't have to spend the time in a tent or in the back of a car or in, like, you know, pay for a hotel or um, and you don't want to be here. And it's Christmas as well. And But, you know, he tells you, well, you know, I've got to see my family. I've got to see my friends. And you're thinking, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. You, you, you know, you're disappointed, but you don't make a big deal of it. Um so my partner moved back, my ex-partner moved back um, to his parents' place um, abroad and I had the house to myself. Um, but he had pushed me for about two months before we left saying, look, you need to get your ex-partner out of the house. We can't be together properly. We cannot be together properly. This is not good. I, you know, we can't afford hotels all the time. We can't be doing this traveling. I want to be with you. You know, I, 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 and then this is when he first told me that he loved me. Um, and at the time I was feeling really strongly about him and I was like, yeah, I want to make a go of this myself. You know, we get on so well. Um, so he's pushing and pushing and pushing. And I said, well, look, you know, the situation, there's a financial implication for me. I can't afford to keep my property alone. It wasn't bought. It is my property. I own it outright, but I cannot afford to keep this property. So you need to understand that. Um, and he and he's like, yeah, it's not a problem. You know, I want to be with you. I'll take you as you come. Um, and then he actually said, well, but I want to know why you want to be with me because I've got nothing to offer you. I don't have, you know, I don't have money. I don't have, you, you know, possessions. And he kept pushing this fact, like, why do you want to be with me? Why do you want to be with me? And I said, because I want to be with you. You know, I, I'm not with you for your cash. I'm not with you for your possessions. I, I, I'm not... I'm not a gold digger, as, you know, some people are called. I, I'm, you know, um, I want to be with you because you're you. Um, but he didn't ever seem very confident in that answer. Um, but so we get to the point where my ex-partner's moved out. Um, I'm feeling kind of emotional after fifth, after 14 years of being with somebody, you know, even though we, we'd split up for a reason. It's still a big thing, you know, to lose somebody, um, that, you know, who um, you've, you've known for so long. Hey, it's a big chunk of your life. Yeah, it's it, and I've never lived, I've never lived alone. Um, and then all of a sudden, these conversations we'd had, all this pushing and insisting that I get rid of my ex-partner and that we, you know, he needed to be gone so he could be here and, and we could be together properly. He suddenly didn't remember. He's like, this didn't happen. Uh, what are you talking about? I didn't say I hadn't arranged to move in with you. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, like, 
this person who's said, I love you and I want to be with you and get this man out of your house um, is just suddenly, what, you don't, you don't want to be with me anymore? Um, but also I'm thinking, oh, my God, like financially, I'm going to lose this house and, you know, and everything in it. I was just absolutely, like, I didn't know what to do. Um, I got um, friends um, were starting to become concerned as well. They'd noticed that we were um, getting close. Sorry, you, you broke up there again. Can you, can you repeat what you just said again? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, he kept the relationship secret from all our friends online. Um, it, it was completely a secret. He said at first that this was um, because everybody would start interfering because everybody knew us. We were very well known in our in our interest community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was nice that we had the time together and until we were settled in our relationship that it would be a good idea to keep it quiet and I was I agreed at first um but you know we've been together now like nine months ten months he's wanting to move in um people kind of you know why can't people know um he even he said okay I'll change my Facebook status we'll 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 change our relationship status then everybody will know but he even changed it um but he, he changed the settings so only I could see it um and um yeah friends were saying well i can see that you've changed yours but he hasn't changed his and then he's saying oh it must be some bug on facebook like this is i don't understand what's happened here i've done this you know i've done this thing um so yeah there's all these little things but you just pass them off you know it's a fa- it's facebook you know you don't think that's not the be all and end all of a relationship so um but obviously, this not moving in and potentially putting me in the position of losing my home and also questioning the, if he wants to be with me was a huge, huge thing. Um, I even went as far as to um, advertise a room to rent out. Um, at this point, he became really jealous. Um, I, I was getting um, people who I, I was getting mainly men um, looking for rooms. He didn't want me to live with another man. Um, and his response to that was, well, I'd rather pay pay half uh, half of your bills and live somewhere else and do my own thing. He actually said that. I said, so you want to come around and see me at weekends and what, we'll sleep together, you'll hand over some cash and then go home to your parents? I said, this sounds more like, you know, prostitution than a relationship. Um, and at that point, the next morning, he... Hello? Hello, sorry, oh, sorry, there was some strange noise there on the line. Oh. Um, yeah, I said, you know, I said this uh, uh, after I'd made that comment, he suddenly decided uh, he, the next morning he suddenly arrived on my doorstep with a hold all full of clothes, an overnight bag, and, moved, and said, I'm here to move in. So it went from completely, oh, I'm not interested, you know, but you can't have anybody else there. It was the most confusing time. Um Looking back, I don't know why I let him walk through the door. 
um, because at the end of the day, you know, his actions had kind of said quite a, quite a lot to me. But when you're in the position of 24 hours before you thought you were possibly going to lose your home, um, you know, you don't, you're just plunged into so much confusion. It's just this relief that, well, okay, you said these things, but he's actually here. So he is, he's moving in. Yeah, And at, um, and at this point, um, probably from his point of view, uh, he knows that you love him because you, you've said it uh, or you've, it's, it's, uh, it's implied. Uh, he's now uh, thrown you for a loop on one end. You didn't really challenge it. Uh, then he went another direction, uh, you know, with his lies, you still, he got away with it. And then another thing happened, got away with it. And now he's able to move in knowing that you've let all of these things slide and in, in, probably in his mind, he's in control. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he's behaving so much like he's, he's lacking self-confidence because there's these constant questions of but why do you want to be with me and are you sure you want to be with me so i'm what's going through my head is i'm really confused but it's coming across as that he isn't secure um and i've got to kind of make him you know he almost was telling me that i needed to make him feel secure um and that was because and i'm thinking well Oh, well, with an ex-girlfriend like his, no wonder he's... I actually vowed before he moved in to never treat him that way, to to make sure that he was treated properly, that he learned some self-respect just by being treated like the person he deserved to be treated, you know, with some respect, because he's had so little from his from his family and he's had so little from his ex-girlfriend. Um, so I was coming from the opinion that this, that, you know, is he is he worried that I'm not serious? You know, um, so I kind of saw a bit of the testing, but I was really thinking because of the way he was playing the whole act that was coming across with this, that he was the one that needed persuading rather than myself. Um, and then we had Christmas and it was, well, Christmas was always a problem. Um, there would always be extravagant gifts and they would always be plastered over social media, but he wouldn't want to spend time with, with me. Um, it was a really odd situation, but it wasn't just the fact that he didn't want to spend that time with me. It was, there was a huge amount of triangulate, triangulation going on. Not that I actually realized it was triangulation at the time. Um, he would spend time with a particular friend, his best friend who would end up, um, either he would say that this friend of his had said that I was insecure and needed to stop complaining that he wasn't there. Um, that um, I needed to, she's she's female, uh, she's got a, a boyfriend and he would stay at her parents' um, place and her boyfriend would be there. I had no concerns that there was any infidelity going on, but the, the attitude um, that he would project that was coming from her was that I was very insecure and I was um I believed that there was um some kind of affair going on um and I didn't understand he was kind of, he was kind of blaming her of being a bit crazy um it was all her problem it wasn't coming from him um I don't know why she thinks this I know you don't think this um you know and it was the start of quite a a significant um, and very deceptive uh, piece of triangula triangulation that started right at the beginning of the relationship and just got worse throughout. So at this point, he's moved in. Um, I know he's got this kind of crazy best friend. Um, 
He's still asking all these wonderful questions about me. He's still, we're going on these great trips. We've, we've both got four wheel drives again. Life is good. Um, uh, on the surface of things, you know, and online, we are becoming a lot more well known. We, we, we do uh, photography for the four wheel drive world. So, People are following us. They're following our, our um, not our private lives, but, you know, what we get up to with our four-wheel drives as well as what we do professionally. So everybody knows about us. People are, it's like we're living the dream. We're, we're traveling somewhere every weekend. We've got all these cars. Um, he's got a woman that can, you know, I can strip down the car and rebuild it. I understand it. I'm genuinely interested in it. You know, he's got, uh, friends who were jealous of him for that reason um i've got you know friends who are jealous of me because i've got someone to help me you know strip and and rebuild my cars um it looks like you know everything's fantastic and it feels like everything's fantastic for some time um there are these odd little times where you get a strange feeling um you know, he'd be talking online a lot and he'd be really open and really confident. And then we'd turn up to an event and he'd get me to do all the talking and kind of walk off and just start taking photographs, which, um, you know, I, I just thought it was him, again, this self-confidence issue. Um, and at one point he set up um, work with a magazine. Um, I felt that I was kind of not welcome um, but I couldn't put my finger on why um, at, at this particular photo shoot. It was a job for four, for four, four feature articles. It was a big job. Um, he convinced me that I was more than welcome to be there. Um, we did the photo shoot. Um, and a couple of months later, I've heard nothing. I'm like, I've not heard anything. What's going on with, the, with these photographs? Um, the next day, the magazine drops through the door and one of the articles has been published well, nobody had even been in contact to, um, you know, to, to request my, my work. His photos are all in the magazine. He gets paid. I'm sat there saying, well, you didn't, nobody's informed me that, you know, that the work was, was scheduled to be, to be submitted. Uh, and he says, oh, well, you didn't ask. Um, so I forward all my work on to him and say, well, look, if these people are in contact with you, then I've done the work you know here's my work make sure they get it next time we have a bit of an argument but nothing you know just a bit like you know i just kind of stood firm um the next article comes out there's 50 50 my work his work and nothing i i don't but there's no name there's only, there's only his name against these articles there's no credit which is under uk law intellectual property theft but also there's no payment for this work so he's pushing me to complain and make a big deal about this because this is a big deal. They've taken your work. This is a national magazine. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't put up with this. You need to get, you know, and I'm not the sort of person who would, you know, uh, who, who would just let them get away with it. So I'm complaining. I'm making sure that everybody knows that this is my work. Yeah, the payment had been received, but he'd received the payment for all the work and he'd requested that, the uh, the work went in his name and his business name, not mine. Um, I didn't find that out, though, till a lot later. So at the time, I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't want to work with this publication. This carried on for months. Um, because I'd complained, I got dropped by the publication. He continues to work for them. 
but then they he informed them that he could he's not just a photographer he can, we he can provide writing as well pictures the perfect the perfect combination so they start giving him full articles to to work but the problem is he can't write um he's only got a basic high well he was homeschooled over here and he's only got one one gcse which isn't even basic like high school education um so he's begging and pleading with me you know he's got he's got me fired from this job but then mm-hmm. he's begging and pleading me to work for this publication again and i said no and he did a bad job and he gets he gets fired too so after that after that moment he's fired from this publication for, for his own his own behavior and he never ever stopped and is still to this day never stopped trying to stop me working in this field again um he didn't want to go to shows he didn't want to do shoots he didn't want uh, me to take jobs um and that's continued which put me in a in a particularly in a, in a worse financial position than i was in mm-hmm. so i'm losing money he's now um, been living in my property probably about two months but he's not paid anything towards the bill he's not paid anything towards the mortgage he's not paid anything um towards any of the, the general expenses um so i confronted him about this i said look you know you know that you'd move you'd moved in i i was worried about losing the property you know you're you're living here 50 50 is you know surely you know this is just this is just fair um Oh right, well, do, do me a budget. Put you know, work it all out, and and I'll pay this for you. Not a problem. This never came. Um, he started paying for um, grocery shopping, and he would pay for us to go for a meal out in public. He would pay for extravagant gifts. He would pay for if we were at shows. He would buy you know food in front of people that we, we knew. Um, it was all. He would put he would put fuel in my car. Um, again, it was all quite public, but he wouldn't pay for any of the essential everyday bills. Um, this carried on. Um, he would all yeah. If it was birthdays or Christmas, particularly, he'd make a very big um, extravagant gesture. If it was an anniversary, though, he would always forget. Um, he never remembered an anniversary at all. Um, now, shortly um, before this big photo shoot, my dad passed away, and the week later, my grandfather passed away, um, and that was obviously a very difficult time for me. Um, and unfortunately, three months later, um, I found a breast tumour, um, and so um, this was 2017. It was really not a good year for me at all, um, and I think. Um, the fact that I split up from a 14-year relationship at the beginning of our relationship and then my dad had been very ill throughout um, throughout our relationship and so my granddad, their passing and then me being ill, I think was very much used to his advantage. Um, he was never emotionally supportive. He would kind of play like he'd be the taxi. He'd take me to appointments for my health. He would take me to the funeral or, or whatever was happening. But he, he was never there to have a conversation with. In fact, probably about a week before my dad actually passed away, he was trying to convince me that it was all in my head and that, oh, he'll be fine. He's just gone into the hospital for an operation. He'll be absolutely fine. He never came out of hospital. 
um it was always downplayed if i had an issue you know i went to the went to my uh, my doctors over you know obviously i'd noticed some symptoms i ended up with having been diagnosed with a breast tumor i needed emergency surgery um i was in surgery 6 days later but it was it was constantly downplayed it was never like oh my god how do you feel what's going to happen you know have they you know he didn't he wasn't interested in the information mm-hmm. um you know most people's partners would want to know so i just at this point i'm just like you know it's been one thing after another i wasn't even focusing on him um i was just focusing on surviving this and you know one shock after i mean all this happened in three months within a three month time period and i was struggling financially anyway because he'd lost me this work um so i'm just like geez like i just need to get through this so i think a lot of that uh, is behavior in that kind of time frame i just completely you know dismissed um and i and i thought that he was trying to downplay what I was going through just to kind of help me you know like don't mm-hmm. worry you know this is going to be okay that's what I was hearing but what he was saying was you know this isn't important um so yeah this was we were in kind of November 2017 and it was the beginning of November I had my surgery I couldn't drive now that's a big thing to me driving is my therapy driving is my hobby driving work i need to drive to these events um and uh, my right arm is affected by surgery i can't hold my camera steady so i can't take photos um i'm told that i can't claim any any um state benefits because i work for myself and my partner works so there is no money either i have to work or there is zero coming coming in the door but at this point he's still not paying uh, he's still not paying to be here but he's still paying for all of the, the luxury items, you know, we still go to events. Because, and I, and I'm, in the, I'm at this frame of mind at this point. I'm thinking, well, I wouldn't get out of the house if he wasn't paying for the, that fuel. Or I wouldn't get out of the house and go to these events if he wasn't paying for, you know, to get there. And I wouldn't have this if he didn't. So I'm kind of actually dismissing and excusing his behavior at this point. Mm-hmm. And again, this sounds, to, saying this out loud now, it sounds absolutely crazy to me. Um, so I have this, I have this surgery beginning in November. Um, we get to, um, I think it was actually mid November. We get, we're coming up to Christmas again and my mind starts playing. Is it, what's happened this Christmas? I don't know why I thought he was going to disappear again, but that's what happened. Um, there is no talk about, you know, most people, you know, beginning of December, you're making plans with your family, with your friends, what we're going to do over Christmas. It's all exciting. Nothing. Christmas was not even mentioned. It was not a topic in our household. Um, my mum's asking, like, what are you coming over? What's happening? You know, um, I'm like, I don't know. I'll go. I'll have to ask. Um, and then I'm told his dad is really, really ill. Now, his dad had had cancer so i'm like oh my god like this could be really serious um and i'm thinking well i'm waiting for biopsy results i'm waiting for potential radiotherapy to start i don't know what's actually going to happen with me but i know that it's going to potentially happen around christmas and new year time but his dad's ill like you know i'm like you know you've got to go to your dad don't like don't like don't worry about me like i will 
I will deal with this. I will sort this out. You know, um, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I can't drive, but I'm like, I'll get a taxi. I, I'll just, I'll sort something out. Like if your dad's really, really ill, you need to go see your dad. Um, so he goes off to, I think he goes off to his uh, parents' place. And next minute I get a, um, a, 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 it was the day after Christmas. I get um, a Facebook message off a friend. I accidentally pressed the wrong the wrong button on the phone and I opened Facebook. Now he has uh, we both use a facility called Nearby Friends through GPS so it shows you where your friends are and I realized that he's in his bed he's not in his parents' place. It's showing me that on the map that he is at his best friend's house. So I'm like this is my first Christmas without my dad. Mm-hmm. This is the first Christmas without my granddad. I've just gone through breast tumor surgery. I don't know whether this is cancer, whether this is benign. I don't know whether I need radiotherapy. I don't know anything at this point, but I know if I'm going to need it, I'm going to find out this week and he's not here and he's at his friend's house. I was just like, I just completely almost collapsed because the weight of all of this on top of me anyway is enough um, you know, to kind of put most people, you know, down. But to think that he's lied and said that, you know, used and, and used his father's health, you know, to get away with this. I'm like, whoa. Um, so I immediately send him a message. Um, and in, in fact, he at this actual moment, he'd message, he'd sent a message to me, and it was he said, I'm going to try and get back early. So I said, don't bother. Please stay with this this woman um and he said oh no it's okay we were we're having a birthday meal tonight and but i can be back i can be back probably tomorrow evening instead of a day later i said excuse me you're supposed to be with your dad who's ill with cancer Uh, and you just flippantly say you know oh it's fine but you know a meal's tonight i can be back tomorrow um by the end of that day, I had had probably eight hours of harassment from her, messages saying that you need to stop this behaviour. This has been going on 12 months. You're so insecure. How dare you expect your partner to be there at Christmas? How dare you stop your partner spending time with his friends? How dare you stop your partner spending time with his family? You're so... Um, I'm dis- um, I'm disgusted for you right now. It's just, it's just, just terrible. Yeah, I'm just like absolutely. I, I I was just absolutely mortified. So my decision was, I just got in touch with him and said, "You need to stop him getting in touch with me, and you need you may as well stay there because I have no interest in you coming back into my life. This is like I cannot even explain to you how hurt I am and how like." Who are you right now? Like, and who on earth does this woman think she is? Um, and she uh, honest, was talking honestly, who does she think she is? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, sorry for interrupting. Continue. Go. No, no, that's fine. And and at this point, this this woman. I mean, I say woman. She was bet. I don't. think This was her twenty first birthday, and I'm thirty five at the time. And this this girl is base is talking down to me as if you know you know she I'm, I'm old enough to be a mother and she's kind of talking down to me as you know she's giving me relationship advice 
and, um, you know, trying to explain the psychology behind my insecurity. And I am just like, I'm kind of ready to blow at this point. You know, it's kind of good that he was 70 miles away at this point. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I left the relationship. Um, but the begging, the pleading, the love bombing, all the rest of it came flooding back. Um, and at this point, I'd, uh, I'd got an infection. Um, I'd, uh, and, and after my surgery, things I was, I was told I needed treatment, um, which I was hoping that wasn't going to be the case. So I am like, oh, my God, this is now like this has become serious and I need treatment. But the treatment's got to be delayed because I've got an infection and um, <laughs> and the love bombing worked. Um, I was, you know, I'm, I, I, again, I can't even describe it, but it was being told that this look, I told you she was crazy. It's not my fault. I wasn't the one that said all this. Um, I didn't tell her to message you. I didn't even know she had your phone number. Um, well, she didn't. She messaged me through social media. But, um, well, there you go. You know, it, it, I didn't tell her to do this. She's crazy. Just ignore her. I can't believe she's done this to you. I'm here now. I'm here. I've come home early. And, you know, and it was, yeah, somehow at the end of the day, you know, with the bad news that I'd got at that time, it was, yeah, it was what I wanted to hear. Um, but also, yeah, um, he'd already put it into my head that this woman was crazy, but he'd already put into her head that I was crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the perfect triangulation. Um, so I go through my, my treatments, um, he takes me every day. Um, you know, he's there all the time. It's like, you know, he's he's doing what he said he was going to do. Um, he's paying more attention um, to, to me. He's actually asking how my treatment went. He's, you know, he's he's appears to have changed. Um, and to be honest, the rest of 2018 was kind of like that. Um, we we spent a lot more time with mutual friends. We got on really really well. Um, we, he invited me, we, we were talking about this place. It's like, it's like Mecca for four wheel drive enthusiasts in Europe. And I wanted to go and, but I didn't think we'd be able to get there. And he, he looked, he, he we were sat in the car and he grabbed my hand and he said, look, I want to go with you. I want to take you. Um, and he squeezed my hand and he's like, shall we go? We've never been on holiday before. We've never been abroad and we've never really had a holiday. We need to do this. You know, you've been through all of this. You know, you've come out the other side. You know, you've finished your treatment. You know, I think we need this. And he's suddenly talking like he was at the beginning. Like, you know, he, he, he changed from this, like, um, loving person to being kind of cold and then he, it was as if he'd sort of come back to it and he said look I was scared I didn't know what to do after my dad having cancer I was so scared and that you were gonna it was gonna happen to you and that's when my dad's anger started so he goes back to this story he told me before we were together that my dad would scream and shout and leave us and abuse us because and this happened when he got cancer. He couldn't handle it. It just changed his mental health. And I, I was just terrified that I was going to lose you. I was terrified that you were going to turn into some, you know, in, into someone that you that you you're not, just like my dad did. Um, and we've but we've got through it. And I think we deserve this holiday. So I'm like, this, you know, yeah, I want to go on this holiday. 
So um, we go on, uh, we sort of, about two months later, he's never mentioned it again. Then he mentions he wants his friend to come along. And, and he says, well, I'm a bit concerned about the cost. You know, it's going to be two and a half thousand, three thousand mile journey. We're going to have to get the ferry from the UK to France. Um, you know, then there's the cost of being there. You know, maybe if we take this mutual friend of ours, you know, and to be honest, it was like, yeah, OK, you know, money was a concern to me. I don't particularly want a friend to come along on our first holiday not because I don't like the guy, but, you know, it was supposed to be a kind of intimate holiday, but we are meeting a group of friends there, you know, hey, I'd rather know, I'd rather not worry and stress about finances when we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves. So, yeah, let's go for it. Um, so, yeah, that's great. So a couple of months later, shall we get a puppy? We get a puppy, cutest puppy in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so everything, his behaviour's completely changed this year. It's like we're doing things that we've never done before. We're, you know, a puppy is a big commitment as well. Talking about renovating the house. Um, we want to move. Um, the house needs work. So he starts working on the house. He starts paying for things. It's like, whoa, like, you know, what's happening here? Maybe, maybe this, this, um, this whole illness that I've been through and, uh, has changed him and maybe it's woken him up and maybe it's realized that, you know, life is too short and maybe, you know, being scared of losing me, maybe he's, this has changed him. Um, so we go on the trip. Finally, but um, but six weeks before we go, there's still been no talk about the trip. No, I'm like, are we going? People are people are asking, are you still going? We haven't any tickets booked. We haven't got any ferries booked. We haven't got the route planned. Um, and um, yeah, me and this friend had to kind of sit him down and say, look, what, what, you know, it was your idea, but you know, and we've been talking about it a lot, and you're not really kind of you don't really seem to be that interested so he gets up we book tickets we um i um i rebuild the car it takes me four weeks to because um, this is going to be an off-roading uh, road trip as well as an on-road road trip we're going to do three days of quite serious off-roading at, um a four by four center we're going to drive over ten thousand feet over the pyrenees mountains off-road so the car needs some work so I get all that done. Um, I get everything organised. We go on this trip. But his behaviour is really bizarre for the whole trip. He's moving away from me when I'm, like, kind of wanting some, you know, just to give him a hug or something, and he's moving towards this, towards his friend. But then other times he's completely, like, it's like we're back in the honeymoon period, and, and it's like, you know, it's as if, yeah, like our first holiday away, the next minute he's all over me. Um and it keeps swinging backwards and forwards. But he's really distant. We, we met a group of friends up there. He's really distant with them. Um, they keep questioning why we brought our friend with us. Um, why have you bought the third wheel? Um, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like They weren't particularly polite about it either. And then at one point, um, because of all this strange behavior, one of them actually said, why are you with him in front of, in front of us both? Oh. Um, and I was like, I'm not feeling comfortable, but I don't really think that his behavior is worth that much, you know, to be that rude, really, at this point. Um, 
then his behaviour gets really quite scary. We're driving in the mountains, and once we've left this group of people, he seems to kind of relax a little bit. Um, now, he'd been he'd been chatting online with these people for weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand. It's it's only when he gets when he got face to face that he couldn't handle it at all. He just he, he just tried to distance himself. Um, but as soon as we get away with him, it's almost like he went from being kind of depressed to all to almost kind of manic. He was driving through the mountains at 10,000 feet off-road at around 50 miles an hour, scaring me and the, me and our friend absolutely to death. We're like, will you stop this? We're, we're 1,500 miles from home. We've got to get home. We're on our own. We're in the middle of the mountains. There is nobody to come and help us. Like, you, you know, you're, you're potentially going to damage the car or you're potentially going to drive us off the edge of this mountain. Like, this is crazy. What are you doing? Stop, you know. Um, and he's just... It's almost as if it's like this relief of being away from people. Um, it was really odd. Um, and I'd noticed, I really noticed that he wasn't interested in, he wasn't interested in the amazing scenery. He wasn't interested in being 10,000 feet in, in the mountains. He wasn't interested in being in one of the biggest four by four centers in Europe. And he wasn't, all the people that we saw, he just wasn't, there was no genuine interest at all. Um, and he, he was happier to be away from people than he was stuck as, you know, as he saw it in a campsite with, with people who, you know, were genuinely fascinating people who'd done all sorts of adventurous things with their lives. And something really did change in me during that holiday. It was like, there's something not quite right with him here. Like he's been, been all these shows and events we've been to over the last two years, he's been very similar He's not been there, you know, like he's he, he's been distant. He's kept himself away from people. But online, he has always been really there in your face, mm-hmm. like constant messaging. He's He's been attention seeking. But as soon as he's there, as soon as he's with somebody, he just can't keep this up. So um, anyway, we managed to get home. He does do some damage to the car, um, unfortunately, while we're up there. We get home, um, we try and fix the car, et cetera. Um, and um, we get that we, we arrive home in, in October of last year. So then it's the dreaded Christmas time again. But this time, just like the rest of the year, um, he starts making amends. He's like, do you want to come and stay with my parents for Christmas? Do you want to come and see my friends for Christmas? We spent... We had two weeks together. We spent a whole week just together, just me and him. We spent Christmas Day at my mother's house, and we spent the rest of the week with his his friends and family. And I'm like, wow, like, I'm starting to feel really secure now. You know, we've been on this holiday. I'd kind of forgotten all the bad stuff that happened then. We've had this puppy. I've stayed with his family. Everything's great. This was, um, we probably arrived back on, I think it was around the 10th of January. Um, we continued January with our mutual friends, going around to their, their houses, meeting them, doing some driving with them. And on the 25th of February, I woke up. Um, I had um, changed all my finances around because we'd spoken about, we'd spent the time with his family talking about doing doing all the renovation work. We'd started the renovation work. He had stripped the garden back to nothing. The house was kind of stripped back. Um, it was basically as bad as it was ever going to get because we needed to strip it back in order to start the work. Um, and 
Um, we've got friends involved and friends waiting to come and help us when the weather improved in the spring. His family and friends are telling me this in front of me, so I know that this is true. You know, I'm thinking, you know, great, he's got all these people to help. You know, he's really invested in this. This is great. And they're asking, where do we think we want to move? And it's it's all, like, normal, like, uh, you know, fantastic. Um, and I changed all my finances around me. I, wanted, I was like, I want to pay this off. I want to go back to the gym because I'm not feeling great after all my treatment last year. So I want to get healthy again. I want to update my qualifications so we're ready to move. Um, and I'll, I'll change, I'll swap my money around to make sure, you know, we've got, we don't owe any, don't owe anyone any money. We've got a clean slate and we'll be able to move, um, you know, the, next year. Um, and Three hours after I changed all my money and made myself financially beholden to him, he decides he wants to leave. Now, I um, had no idea that this was going on. Obviously, we'd just come back from his parents. We were just making all these future plans. Um, I'm like... So, so just, to, just, to, just to clarify, uh, at this point, you just put your money, you changed where all your money resides, and he ha- has access to it? No, I, well, I changed payment plans, um, like changed the mortgage payment plan, changed um, I, um, my previous partner left me with some debt, so I wanted to pay that off before we moved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I was, I was I'd up my payments on that. Um, I'd um, invested in courses, night classes, and going to the gym. and uh, So I was paying out more in some cases, and I'd rearranged other things to try and pay them off quickly just to give us a, a fine you know, put us in the best financial position we could possibly be he didn't have access but um it was all for to make sure that you know i basically tied up everything it was going to leave me pretty you know kind of tight financially for the year but to me it was worth it to, to for the position it would put us in mm-hmm. um so i'm like he knows that this is happening we've been talking about it for months but because my health hadn't kind of returned quick enough, I, I'd wanted to do it six months after the treatment, but I was like, okay, this isn't going to happen realistically. I'm not well enough to do this. So then I tried again a few months later, and I'm like, no, I'm going to have to leave it for a little while longer. So we knew that this was all going to happen. It was just that, um, you know, we'd had, we'd had months and months of notice. It was just when I was ready and fit and healthy enough to um, to, to, to make a, make a start because we were doing, we were going to renovate the property together. Um, and also, I, you know, I, like I say, I wanted to go to the gym. I, I wasn't feeling well enough for that. So, um, and it had other problems, like the treatment had caused high blood pressure. It had caused anemia. So I was having iron infusions, and I was, you know, and I was told, oh, you know, you don't go to the gym until your high blood pressure is sorted. And, and I didn't have the energy with the anemia. So, um, so we knew this was all going to happen. It was, it was just delayed by things. Um, so it was no surprise. But three hours after I did that, he suddenly announces that he thinks he wants to leave. It wasn't like I'm leaving. It was I think I want to leave. But there's no warning. Uh, we were talking about what I was going to do. You know, I said, right, tomorrow like, I'm going to um, just do the last few things and ring up the bank and change this over. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Next morning, he suddenly wants to leave. Um, I'm like wow, um, what? Uh, uh, I just didn't know what to say. Um, And at the time, I'd also got a bad back. um, And I was thinking, oh, my God, I've just joined the gym and I've got a bad back. 
um, this is really, you know, not good, not a good start to my fitness regime. Um, um, and he knows I've got a bad back. I could barely, like, walk. I couldn't make myself food. I couldn't hold myself up to, um, you know, just, like, to uh, make a sandwich or something. It was it was too difficult. I had to hold on to the side in the kitchen. So I was really struggling. And he just said, I kind of want to leave, and then just disappeared. Um he told me he was going to take me to A&E and he told me that, yeah, 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 change, you know, change all this money around. This will be great. So I didn't know where he's gone. Um, although I presume I know where he's gone and I was right. He was at a mutual friend's house, the person we, we'd gone on the, the road trip with. Um, he says, I'll be back later. I'll be back later today. I said, well, you know, like, look, we need to talk about what on earth is going on here. But I also need to get to the emergency room. Um, I'm in a lot of pain here. Um, he doesn't, he says he's coming back. He doesn't come back. Um, so now we're another day later. He sends me a message saying, I'll be back shortly. I'm, I'm just, I'm leaving this guy's house. I get a message from this guy and he says, we've planned the day we're going to sell all his cars and we need to buy him another car. And these messages came through pretty much at the same second. So I, and I screenshot them and send them to each other and say, somebody's telling lies here and I want to know what's going on. Um, I just get abuse back from both of them. So I have to ring my mum and we go up to A&E. So I'm sitting in the emergency room for hours. He's constantly messaging, I'll be back, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And six hours later, he's still not arrived. But during this time, I'd had an X-ray on my back and found out I was pregnant. Um, I had no idea, although thinking about it, there were symptoms, but I was on a lot of painkillers and put down the sickness, nausea, all of this kind of thing. It was, you know, you're on painkillers. Um, and I'm just like, whoa, like I'm pregnant with this guy. I've got no money with now and he's left me and oh my God. So, um, I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know whether to just tell him, um, or, whether to kind of wait until he, you know, to see what he had to say, because he was kind of at this point saying, I want to go back to my parents and I need to some time out. I need to think about things before I can tell you if I want to leave or not. So I'm like, well, can't we have a conversation? You know, like, what, what is this, this reason that you want to leave? Um, I, I don't know. I just think I need to. Um, so he comes back to the property, um, stays literally five minutes, refuses to speak, goes away to his parents. Um, and I'm left just trying to work out what on earth is going on. Um, so anyway, he's at his parents and he, and the next day he finally asked me what, what, what did they say at the hospital? And I said, look, you need, if you're not sure whether you want to be with me or not, you need to make sure before I say anything to you because I don't want anything I say to influence your decision whether you want to be with me or not. Um, and he actually asked me, are you pregnant? Um, and I thought, well, I I don't want to lie because it's true. Um, but also I don't want to be accused of like saying that, oh, well, I'm pregnant to kind of get him back because at this point... His friends, you know, he said, he's saying, well, my friend told me not 
uh, you know, our friend told me not to come back and take you to hospital because he says you're just attention seeking. Um, I mean, he'd seen that my back, my back, back was really, you know, I was really in pain. So he knew I wasn't attention seeking, but I was being accused of attention seeking. I was being triangulated again. Um, I, and again, I didn't see this because this mutual friend, and we'd been on holiday with us. We used to laugh and joke. There was no like sign that this guy was being fed, you know, lies by by the by my ex partner. He was a friend, but unbeknownst to me, we've been triangulated for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So this guy's thinking that, you know, like he's like, don't, don't go back. She's just, she's just, in, she's not really in hospital. She's just, she's just, um, attention seeking. Um, so yeah, I say that I'm pregnant and he's just like, um, right. Well, what you, what do you want to do about it? And I said, well, I've got, I don't even have to think about that. I, you know, it's my my child. I'd like to keep my child, thank you. Um, doesn't come home about it um, and blocks me um, on Facebook, on um, WhatsApp, on cell phone, on email, you name it, he blocks me. Um, I believe he's at his parents' house. He's not actually at his parents' house at all. Um, the next minute I get, um, messages saying that he's told his parents and they want me to have an abortion. Um, it'd be stupid to continue with this pregnancy um, because we don't want to be together. Um, I said, well, is that the case? Uh, you know, I wanted to be with you and you said you didn't know if you wanted to be with me. Like, what is actually going on in your head? Um, I don't know. That's, um, I just feel that like I'm quite trapped at the moment and I need to get away from you. And then I'm blocked again. Um, he would unblock me when he wanted to harass me. He would unblock me when he wanted to tell me he didn't care. Um, although he didn't, he put it in a very different way than that. It was, you know, it was all very lots of cursing and swearing and um, accusations of, um, I had accusations of infidelity. Apparently I was seeing other men. I'd been having threesomes. I'd been having orgies apparently even. Um, he actually rang me in hospital. I had high blood pressure after he had harassed me for 14 hours straight, knowing that I suffer from high blood pressure and I'm pregnant. Um, he's harassing me 14 hours straight. I'm coming to collect my belongings. No, actually, I'm not coming to collect my belongings. Um, so I go out, I go out for the day then, oh no, I'm coming back now. Um, so I'd come back. And then, oh, I can't come now. So I was, uh, it was all day. And then the phone would ring and the phone would ring and he wouldn't answer it or he would let, he would answer it and not speak. Um, or he would answer it and just scream at me. Um, and, or, or I'd be getting text messages or, or Facebook messages all day, 14 hours of this. Um, in the end, my blood pressure rose to a dangerous level and I was in hospital. Did you file um, any sort of report against him with all the harassing or no? Um, not at the time. Um, I was just, because at the, this point it was like 48 hours and my life had changed from this guy's got, is absolutely lovely. We're, we're planning a, a new life. We're get, we're renovating the house, you know, everything's going great. So he just ghosts me completely. And yeah. then, yeah. And then the next day it's, becomes abusive um so at the time i hadn't i hadn't filed a report at all i was hoping to get him 
to come home and actually speak to me because, uh, you know, he, I just wanted to understand what was actually happening. Um, so uh, I go to hospital and he's blocked me again. I can't get in touch with him. But I'm being told you're in imminent danger of losing this baby and doing yourself a lot of damage. Like your blood pressure is like crazy high. Um, so um, I contact a friend and say, look, like, I don't know what's going on here. He's saying he's left me, but he's not sure. Um, but by the way, I'm pregnant and I'm in hospital and I need just like, I'll answer your questions later, but I need you to get in touch with him because I'm possibly going to lose this baby. Um, and he rings me and this is when all these accusations of infidelity and this is, he's saying all this about threesomes and orgies and, um, <coughs> all this, he's screaming it down the phone at me whilst I'm lying in a hospital bed, potentially going to lose his, his baby. Um, he doesn't seem to care at all what I have to say. Um, he's just, it's just like a constant diatribe of verbal diarrhea, like no pause for breath, no, just constant. Um, and I'm like, who is this guy talking about? Like me, like in, I, I, I am like the most loyal person in the world. Like I can absolutely not, you know, anyone that cheats to me is just like, no, that is absolutely the most worst thing you can do to anybody. Um, and I, what, the, the end of the evening, he, well, he, he slams the phone down on me, apparently then goes out and gets himself a driving offence against him. I don't know whether it was speeding, dangerous driving, but he went out driving like a complete mad person. Um, he told me the next day that um, the police had pulled him over. Um, but I hear nothing from him until the next day. Unfortunately, I'm told at this point that the baby's heart has stopped. Oh. And I have, um, because of the length of time, well, the because of how pregnant I am, um, that I'm going to have to give birth to this baby. Um, that They can't, you know, I, this isn't going to be a miscarriage sort of situation. This is going to have to be a birth but not a live birth and I'm told that because my baby has passed away that they can finally treat me much easier for the high blood pressure so I'm given a load of medication and I'm told um to go home from the emergency room and to come back the next day um because they're not going to do it at the emergency room and the um, the ward isn't open, so I've uh, I've got to I've got to go back home and and, and come back in. So um, I go home um, and um, I'm getting harassing text messages. Sorry, fa these are Facebook messages off this woman, and I'm like, mm, okay, why is this person messaging me? Um, like we met once, she came to our house to buy some car parts from us and um, we don't know her but he's like you know he's kind of said that well I don't really know why I want to leave you you haven't done anything right you haven't done anything wrong um and then at the end of the conversation he told me that he was he'd been he'd found somebody else um and I'm thinking putting two and two together that this is the somebody else but she lives six hours away from us. And, oh, my God, you brought her to my house. 
I, you know, that's the only way, that's the only time you've ever met her. And the only time I've ever met her is when she sat on my sofa and then I took her around to meet my mum. So she's met my family and I'm like, this can't be the person that you've been seeing. Like, oh my God. But the messages are absolutely disgusting. They are, how dare you? He's left you. Leave him alone. Stop harassing him. Um, a baby is own, isn't a baby legally a baby until it's born. Um, and there's going to be a paternity test. Um, there's got to be a paternity test because of your behaviour. Um, it was just went on accusing me of being like the worst person you could ever imagine. Again, the infidelity. Um, apparently, I was I was um, using him for money. He was he was financially supporting him, and I you know nearly bankrupted the guy. It was just the most crazy. It was the most crazy opposite message. It was again. It was everything he'd done. She was accusing me of doing. Um, you know, I'm thinking, hang on, you're the other woman, and you're accusing me of infidelity, and I'm like, this is just crazy. So. Anyway, I get home. Um, he uh, calls the, calls the next day. Well, it was the next day anyway. I didn't get home till I don't know it was some crazy time in the morning. Um, and he calls me. He's been at work all day, and he's just screaming at me. He's just absolutely screaming, and he's just. It's like, whoa, this guy isn't like even on this planet anymore. This is um, like. It's not making any sense. I don't even know why he's angry. Um, he knows that the last thing he heard is potentially his, you know, I'm going to lose his child. And there's no question about that. It's just, I don't care. Um, I, and I don't want to see you. Um, but I want to I get my property back because he'd moved out. He hadn't taken a toothbrush. He hadn't taken a pair of, you know, socks or anything. He'd literally just, it would, he had left the building, but nothing else had been taken with him. So he wants to come around and get his belongings. So I'm thinking, well, I'm kind of scared, but he kind of needs to know what's going on with his baby. And I'm, but I don't really want him here in that mood. I said, if you're going to be this angry, I don't want you here. I've got to go back into hospital. And he didn't give me the opportunity to explain why. <clears throat> so I said, I don't want you here. I said, like, you know, you've been given an opportunity to come to come and collect your things and you messed me around for 14 hours that day. You know, like, you need to come round, you need to calm down and you can come round another day. So he turns up and this is when the criminal damage happens. He, I started, uh, um, I let him in the house. Um, well, he just opened the door, he flung the door open and... I, he stepped in and I didn't know whether the, the face, the look on his face, I was like, I don't know whether to tell him to leave or not. So I just kind of let him get on with taking things. Um, he didn't want to know about the baby. He didn't want to know um, anything that was happening. He just started taking things. Um, and I said, look, I don't think, I don't believe you're staying at your parents' house and I don't believe that you've told your parents about this, but I think they need to know about it. Um, I said, because, um, and I was just about to say that, you know, we've lost the baby. And as soon as I mentioned speaking to his parents, he just started kicking the front door in. Like the front, um, he did £750 worth of damage. It was probably about $1,000 worth of damage to my front door. 
um, and the door frame. Um, then he started kicking the car. Um, he just um, ran outside, pushed me out of the way, started kicking the doors, punching the windows. Um, then he moved on from my car to his car. Um, he was just... His whole body language, his face had changed, his eyes had changed, his, his, even his accent had changed. Like, this was just, like, a different... Like, if someone possessed had come into my property. I didn't recognise him. Um, I'm ringing the police, like, screaming down the phone, like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know what's happening here, but like, he's he's just gone crazy. Please come round and, and help me. Um, and he then wheel spins and dries off like an absolute crazy person, leaving rubber all the way down the street. It was just the most bizarre thing from this cute, quiet because he always was cute and quiet and softly spoken. And, uh, and even when we did argue, he was, he, he, he never shouted or raised his voice. I'd never, ever, ever seen him angry or raising his voice. It's always very, he was so covert. I mean, the things he did <laughs> were unbelievable, but they were all behind the scenes. And this is when I started to find them all out. Um, he'd been triangulating pretty much everybody in our life since I'd met him and since before I'd met him. He had told his fr- his best friend before we got together that I was some kind of weirdo on these Facebook groups. Um, once we got together, he was then, I was the controlling one. I was the one using him for money. I'd <coughs> had other men. All the stories that came out, that he told me about his ex-girlfriend all of a sudden became my stories. Um, his ex-girlfriend was not the bad person. She, um, he was, he was that person. He was the one. And isn't that such a very similar story to the one he, um, to what he did to me? She apparently left him having another man set up elsewhere. And that's exactly what he did to me. He did exactly the same to her. Um, I found out that this lady that had come to buy car parts from us, um, (coughs) excuse me, that um, she didn't know either of us at the time, I believed. Um, He'd been talking to a sob story, crying online, how terrible it was to live with me. Um, Since she'd been around, she brought uh, her and her brother came to, to my house to buy the car parts. He'd continued this and made it even worse. She'd been supporting him to leave me. Our friends that we took on the road trip and that we'd been... It was actually my friend first and my my partner found, met him through me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I found out he'd been doing the same with him. But not only that, last week I found out he was in a relationship with him. What? And that's why he want, that's why he wanted him on holiday, and that's why he didn't want me in, at the hospital while I was having problems with the baby, because this guy does not like children, and this guy got no interest in you know um, yeah being playing second daddy to um, a baby, um, but also there was the concern obviously that he may well take me back. Um, I had no idea that he was gay. Um, but I found out by complete accident, um, a friend of mine who 
had no idea who my ex-partner was. It was a camping trip and he turns up with his new boyfriend. And it was only through chatting to my friends saying, oh, how was your weekend? Yeah, I've been to a camping trip. There was this photographer. Yes, again, people complaining that he doesn't speak to people. No, he was, uh, you, I don't know if you know this photographer because you're a photographer. Um, didn't speak to anybody. He was just all over his new boyfriend. And um, I said, oh, I don't know. I, straight away, I was thinking, I, I know a lot of photographers, but I don't know a gay photographer. Um, and he tells me his name and it's it's my ex-partner and, my, and our best friend. And this has been going on since... October of last year that's what he told me and he left me in the January during that time we had been on the holiday we had spent time at his parents we are planning our future with his parents and my mum and with his friends I'm he's letting me change my whole life and my financial situation around to do this and he's telling me that he's met another woman who turns out not to be the other woman. Um, in the end, this this lady who wasn't the other woman ended up attacking my business. She was... Um, all these stories about me being in threesomes, orgies, in, in the end, it escalated to me being in porn. Um, and she was contacting people who follow me on social media um, professionally to tell them that that's what I do and they need to keep away from me. Um, and what a psycho I was to my ex and how he paid for all these cars and he paid for my house and I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be in that position if it wasn't for him. Um, and yeah, the police um, caught up with her and, um, yeah, she was, uh, she, she, um, she was caught up with at work and she was spoken to because obviously this is harassment. So, but unfortunately my ex-partner, there was no action taken against him because we couldn't prove that he had instructed her to do so. Um, I took him to court. He was he was fined for the criminal damage for the cars and the, and the, and the damage to my property. Um, I've got a current injunction against him. He can't come within 100 metres of the property. He can't speak to me. He can't communicate with me. He can't threaten me. But he's getting... Ev- you know, it, it fly monkeys. You know, he's getting his fly monkeys. He's telling them all what he wants to tell them. And as soon as one gets stopped by the police, the next one pops up and starts it all over again. Um, and that's not stopped since. Um, well, like I say, all the all the damage, the criminal damage, and all the the, um, the loss of the baby that all happened in February. And we're now in June, and it's still going on. Um, he didn't turn up to his baby's memorial. Um, his parents never knew about the baby. Um, he never told anybody, um, apart from to tell the, the people that I told that either the baby wasn't his or it was the baby didn't exist at all. It was just me being crazy and trying to get him back. Um, you name it, you know, he used that. He used his own child in any way he could to make me out to be the crazy person um and i'm sure the, and i'm that, sure somewhere he's telling someone another case to get sympathy possibly yeah. that uh he, he lost a child that's how sick uh this guy probably is or these types of people are yeah well this is this is the thing uh, like every every imaginable possibility it was 
sometimes it was me not letting him be involved with the baby um, because he wasn't coming to, you know, he was invited to appointments, but he, he, he wasn't willing to turn up. Um, but he was like, oh, she, you know, um, you name it, if, you know, whichever way you could twist that story, I have heard that version. Um, yeah, and the fact that, yeah, it was um, losing the baby, he seems to have had more sympathy than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't interested at all. Um, his, like I say, his parents didn't know, even though he told me that um, his dad had told uh, it's, it's Yeah, he blamed it on his dad. His dad had said me, that I should have an abortion. Um, he hadn't, um, he didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. So I presume that was coming from, that was what he felt. Um I mean, I'll never actually know what what's going, what really was going on in his head. Can I ask um, you a question? Not, yeah, sure. How are you doing right now? I mean, you went through your father passing away, your grandfather passing away, uh, breast cancer, uh, loss of a child, and then you find out that for this whole entire relationship, that's just that, that's not even including the relationship, then you find out that you know, doing dealing with this the whole entire time, but then finding out the whole entire time that he's telling everyone complete and utter lies about you from the beginning. Now that you were at a point where I guess he's still harassing you, um, this is a lot to deal with uh, in one year, two years. I mean, this has been the last three or how many years of your life? Four years? Um, well, I've known him for eight years. Eight, um, we've been, we were together, um, about two and a half years. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's going, it's been going on probably three. Yeah. So for three years, this has been, this is a lot to deal with in three years. How are you coping right now? Um, that is a different answer every day, to okay. be honest. Um, like one minute I'm like, yeah, I've got this. This guy is not worth my time and I'm trying my hardest to put this behind me. Um, but then the next minute I am just completely overwhelmed um, because it, it is just how can you move on from something you don't even understand? Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the theory. Um, my mum's a behavioural spe- specialist, actually. I'm a psychology graduate, and I even write for a magazine about relationships. And I really want to add that in because so many people, I give relationship advice to people. Now, I felt so embarrassed mm-hmm. to think that I'm there. I get paid to tell people. Um, like that's That's always been my main part-time job and all this um photographing four by fours was like you know my my hopefully this is what i would like to do so but my main income and i've left that until the end because i want everybody to know how much you can go through and not see with these covert types of narcissists and and i believe sociopath the fact that he was running from the police and things like that sociopaths just don't care and i don't believe it was necessarily not necessarily primarily narcissism i do believe maybe the sociopathism was probably the leading yeah in, um, in your email to your original email to me when i read it i i think the first thing i wrote back was this sounds like a uh, psychopath sociopath yeah, uh, version yeah, of, of a I narcissist yeah and i totally agree yeah. yeah but 
Um, but even though I understand the theory, um, I can sit here and talk, you know, I can talk all the jargon about, you know, the, the cycle of narcissistic abuse because it's pretty much the same when it comes to sociopaths as well. It's always idealised, you know, and then break the, these people down and then discard them. And then they will still come back and hoover you up. Maybe sociopaths, not so much. But this guy seems to have enough narcissism in there to keep me hanging on. Um I've been told by the lady that was harassing me that um, she passed on a message to one of my followers to say that he was still, he still liked me. So I'm getting these messages back, you know, these little love bombing, you know, put it in my head that he's still interested. Um, I'm, I'm not, let's put it that way, Mm -hmm. but I cannot cut my feelings off. I have, I do have feelings unlike, you know, a sociopath, um, I love that. I genuinely love that person as a friend and then as more than a friend. And I sit here some days and I miss him. And I'm not going to, as much as that is sounds ridiculous, you can't just cut that off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to, but some, some days, you know, it, it's just like, I do, I miss that, but I don't miss the true person. The true person is the person that exploded with anger and rage and smashed my home and smashed my car and told me he didn't care about his own child. That is the real person. Um, The person who would buy me extravagant gifts and take me out and um, all of that, that wasn't the real person at all. Um, I've seen it with behaviour with his friends. I mean, he's now moved on to people who he always would put down, he didn't like, he wasn't, um, yeah, he would laugh at them. Um, There's, um, like, his, you know, two best friends, they're they're great examples. People he, I'd never heard him actually say anything bad about. He has suddenly started, uh, he suddenly started talking about realistically. Now, I found out what he really believed about them, and he didn't, he had no interest in them, he had no respect for them. It was all an act. It was, I literally found out that all these people I thought he cared about, he didn't. He, uh, everything about that went on between me and him was, was, was lies. This, this best friend of his that he was accusing of being crazy to me, he was doing the same with. But I, but he was still alleging that this was his best friend. And he cared about her. He actually said at one point, I'm never going to get rid of, of her out of my life, though, even though she was, you know, being really you know, really, really nasty to me. Um, I found out that he he didn't care about her at all. There's admins on Facebook groups that he's triangulating with me now that he's always just laughed at and belittled to me. Um, and he's picked all of these people and these are now his flying monkeys. And it's obvious to me that he's going to use these people. These are the people I need to watch. These are the next people who are going to take action. It's already happening. Um, so you do, know, do you guys have mutual, did you have mutual friends or mutual people in your group or your four by four group where uh, just associating with them now, uh, you just don't want to because you need to, uh, I mean, the best thing is to, you know, have zero association to anyone in that yeah. circle. Yeah. And that is really difficult because over this last year and since he has left, um, all this work that he, he um, all this work that he's prevented me from taking has just come flooding back. I cannot believe how many people realised that there was something off with this guy. Because I'm thinking, 
everyone's talking to him. Like I've been, we've been away for the weekend to this event and I've been the one actually physically talking to them. He's been too busy taking photos and hiding. So, but then we come to Monday, we upload the photos to social media and he's talking, he's got all these, he's got, he's got 10 times the photos that I have because I'm the one that's been networking, getting the contacts, you know, making friends with people and, but he's got enough to completely flood social media. So he comes across as the person who is well known. People are so thankful because, oh, wow, it's a picture of my car. This is this is fun. You know, people are excited. They're thankful. They want to then start talking to him. And because it's online, he'll start talking to them. So I would feel really, really strange because I'm like, hang on, I spent a whole weekend talking to you and like nobody's talking to me now and everybody's suddenly jumped on his bandwagon. Like what is you know, um, have I done something wrong? Am I not welcome? Uh, you know, so it was very difficult to pinpoint who were your friends and who weren't because you're thinking we seem friends face to face, but now all of a sudden it's gone very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing how many people notice that. Yeah, they'd be polite and say thank you, etc. online. But actually, since he's left, the amount of people, people have said, people don't realise and to any extent, like how just disgusting the behavior is, they just think that he was a bit strange, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm kind of people, people have said, I'm glad you're not with him. I always thought it was really strange or, oh, if you're not babysitting anymore, will you be able to do this, this article for our magazine or, um, oh, well, if you haven't got to, um, like, yeah, if you're not looking after him anymore, will you be able to come to our club event? So the amount of invitations and things that I have had is amazing. So that really, really kind of helped me at the beginning um, because I'm like, oh, I know these people are on my side. But then it comes the day to actually go and you're like, yeah, but how many people there are on my side? This is one. This Okay, the organizer's on my side, but there's going to be hundreds of people there. So, and, and you have no idea what he's told them. Yeah. Et cetera, if et he's going to be there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um uh, that's, this was the big thing. And he was threat he, every single event because I take photographs and I promote people. I'm always having to, I have to tell people where I'm going to be. It's like, I'm going to be at this show. I'm going to be at this club event. Um, it's, it's all over Facebook and, uh, and Instagram before like the week before I go. So every single time I've advertised to go to an event, he has threatened to go. Um, he's not actually turned up to any event, but every single event since we've split up and since all this happened, I have had to walk in, um, walk into alone because I'm not with him. I'm not used to work with him. I'm not with um, our two closest mutual friends that we used to go to because they have sided with him because unbeknownst to me, they were part of this. They, you know, I think one of them planned a lot of the certainly the ending with him and that's the guy that he's ended up with um and he's now in a relationship with apparently the other guy has was just completely triangulated like he's so naive and yeah i can see it that he's just yeah it's triangulation and he and unfortunately he believes uh, he, he believes him so I'm alone going into these events now. I've, I've, that's kind of intimidating enough when it's, you know, it's a very, 90% of people are um, um, men. Um, you've got to really kind of, 
you've got to know twice as much to get taken seriously when you're a female in the four by four world. You've mm-hmm. really got to prove yourself to get anyone to pay attention. They just think you're there. I don't know, you know, like you're not necessarily interested. Never mind there as a professional. But I mean, luckily over the years, people have got to know that I am serious about this. But that is a detriment to me. People, okay, they might know I'm serious, but they know who I am. So I can't even go in kind of covertly myself and pretend I'm not there because people know who I am. So I'm like, oh, my God, if they support him or if he's triangulated them or if they're, you know, one of his flying monkeys or they can spot me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't even just sneak around and, like, you know, try and um, – luckily, I do know a lot of people. So I can – I'd always walk in and instantly – like, I would have somebody on the phone – or I would have somebody waiting and they're like, right, we're waiting here for you. Come and meet us and we'll, you know, we'll go around with you and we won't leave you on your own. But some of these week, some of these events are two days, three days, four days, even five days long. And my concern was, like, I could end up having to camp next to this guy. Like, I've got an injunction, but it, we can't stop him going to public places. Mm-hmm. We can't stop him going to public events. Um, I've shared this um, court order with everybody. I can think of um, the event organisers, the club chair people, who are, you know, anybody who is an authority in whichever event, you know, like, look, this is the situation. And in most cases, he's not welcome. Um, but the problem is, doesn't mean he's not going to turn up. Um, and it doesn't really stop me being anxious. And I've managed to. I, I, I'd be hyper if it was me. I'd be hyperventilating the whole entire time. Yeah, I'd, I'd just be I, so nervous. That I am. Well, I'm. I'm on medication now. I'm on like beta blockers to keep my heart rate down and um, things like that, so I can take medication to um, calm my anxiety. And I literally go in with a couple of friends, and my legs are shaking. It takes me about an hour to be able to take a photograph because I can't keep the camera steady. Um, I have to be 100% sure that this guy is not going to be there. I have to speak to the event organiser to make sure that um, they, you know, they're aware of it. It's like, okay, I've spoken to you on the phone, but I need to speak to you here on the premises face-to-face to be absolutely sure that you understand the situation and that he's not going to turn up. Um, it's... And I've managed to do that up until the last couple of weeks, and it's got so exhausting. I have, um, I haven't been able to go. I'd planned to, I'd actually planned to instead of going to shows and events. I thought, right, okay, I don't need to. shows to me are kind of they're the same thing in a different place. I'm kind of they can kind of get a bit boring. I like the motorsport events, places where the cars are moving, doing something exciting. So. Club events are easy to manage. He can be banned from the club. So this, I started attending club events. But I thought, I, I'm still nervous. Like, okay, he's banned, but he doesn't know he's banned till he gets here and gets told. He could still turn up. I don't even want to see this guy. Um, and if his friends turn up, like, you know, they're not banned. They could come. Um, so I plan to spend a month traveling around Scotland, living in my four-wheel drive and 
turn that into a story, turn that into a feature, <laughs> um, you know, get paid that way. I'd be on my own, um, just me and the dog. It'd be a great time. I need time out. I want to get away from this house where we lived. I want to get away from everything. Nobody's going to find me up there. We've got no links to the place. Um, but unfortunately, like, just like all old cars <laughs> my cars like decided to break down um and i haven't managed to get away um but i need to go away because the last couple of weeks i haven't i have not been able to i, I i've lost the energy to actually get out there and 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 go to these things mm-hmm. and it's a good, I don't pl- it's a good plan that. though it's a very good plan to do that yeah yeah well, i'm hoping to leave next week i'm still gonna go yeah. um but I need that break because I have not stopped. Literally, I mean, how many days was it after, like, I lost my baby on, I'm trying to think, I think it was about eight days after I lost, I lost the baby, mm-hmm. I was at my first show because I needed to work. I, I was like, I'm not going to lose my house over this guy. And I don't know how I did that looking back. I looked, looking at my photos from back then, I looked like, I don't know, it was some kind of zombie walking around the place, like my skin, my hair, everything. I just looked terrible. Um, and I haven't slept. I've literally spent some, some times I can 10 days straight with zero sleep. Um, and I haven't got more than I think three hours in a row since all this happened. Um, so it's just been, I've got to the point now where, okay, I've proven myself to him. I'm not going to stop. But also he's proven to me that he's not going to stop. So we need a bit of time out. And this is where I do want to go on this trip and kind of gather my thoughts and gather my energy. And um, it's and also because I've stopped, things have hit me, like the loss of the baby and what I've lost over this time. And, you know, depression started to come back in because I was amazed that I wasn't depressed after this, but there was so much adrenaline going through my body. Mm-hmm. I was, it, I was too, the anxiety was taking over. Um, I, I, um, but now I've kind of started to relax. Like I've had the police have referred me and I've had all my house alarmed, every window, the door, everything is alarmed. Um, I've had all these services in to make sure that everything is safe um, I'm keeping my vehicle somewhere else so we can't they can't be damaged. So as soon as I've started to feel that a bit safer, now I'm starting to kind of process all the, the really nasty parts of it. And I think I need to be somewhere else than where it happened to do that. Have, somewhere you, where have it, you been going to a therapist at all or no? Um, I, I have had a... Um, support worker who comes to to, to my home mm, okay. um, and she's been really great I've got um, I've been sent on a, um, a the our local health authority um, they run a course to um, educate people on controlling and abusive uh, personalities mm-hmm. which is quite amazing because I, I believe it doesn't really happen in many places Um um that was really great because just you you know if you do you're going on if you do the scottish trip and you're going away there are um online uh therapy places that i think you can get a specific person uh that can be your uh, therapist uh from i don't know there's there's betterhelp.com i think there's something called talkspace i don't know what it is in the uh, uk 
Um, So if you are away, that at least you maybe have a consistent person that you can talk to the whole time. Because, you know, my concern is... Yes, it's a great, it's a great idea that you're alone, but uh, not because uh, you haven't stopped yet. Yeah, I mean you've still been going, 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 going. That yeah. you know yeah. what ha- what happens when uh, things stop and now you're by yourself. Yeah. And I, you know, I just don't want you to be alone um, with these things. So it, maybe if you. Uh, I, I I'd feel better if maybe you signed up to one of those things. So if you are alone, that you can immediately kind of go online wherever you are and uh, talk to a professional. Yeah, well, this this is my major concern because I'm thinking now. I mean, I've I've stopped for a couple of weeks at home, and that's been enough to yeah start this. I, I mean this kind of downward spiral into thinking about oh my god I've got so much to process and it has crossed my mind that I'm like yeah it's going to be great to be away from here but there's going to be a lot of stuff rising to the surface as soon as as soon as things go quiet and in one case I want to be away because I'm not surrounded by the memories of it Mm -hmm. um I want to be somewhere that is completely new and we never went to Scotland we talked about it but just like many trips that I wanted to do it was only the the road trip that that I wanted to do all the rest he he didn't want to come and he didn't want to go to the Lake District and say goodbye to my dad that was his favorite place to go he didn't want to go and over to Ireland and see my friends from when I used to live over there he didn't want to go to Scotland and visit all the places that I used to know um, and so it was somewhere that we hadn't been because the rest of the UK we've been we've been to every show we've been to every mountain every lake you name it we've been everywhere but we never went to Scotland so that's why I chose that because it was so far removed but yeah I completely agree it's it's going to be it's going to be a challenge, but I do think I need it. Um, I've got my support worker. I'm lucky that I can I can call her anytime. Um, so I've got someone on the phone, um, and I've got some friends. That's the one good thing about being in my particular brand of four wheel drive community. There are friends everywhere. So um, I've had some invites. You know, if you ever want to stop by, you, there's a there's a bed for the night. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to meet up a few people while I'm there. So. Um, I've kind of put things in place and at the moment it's I'm kind of more frustrated that I can't just go because I I feel like I need to deal with it you know I need I need I need to go and deal with it and I don't know it's I know it's not going to be pleasant but um yeah I, I think it's one of those things it's kind of I think I'll come back in a much better place than probably I am at the moment you know and hopefully get some sleep um get some fresh air and um not have to not have anything to put pressure on me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I don't want to, if I want to stay somewhere for a week, I'll stay somewhere for a week. If I want to move on the next day, I'll move on the next day. Um, you know, um, and I think after, after, yeah, I, I, I've done a lot of thinking and I think, I think, yeah, that's what I kind of need to do. And then I'm, when I come back, I've got um, a, um a course of therapy booked um unfortunately the waiting list is quite long um so when i come back i'll be straight into that and hopefully um yeah that will that will be my support for the next kind of six months after because it's not going to go away it's not going to go away just after a couple of weeks no. you know in scotland it's not no this it's, 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 it's gonna this, this is going to take a while i mean you endured 
uh, a lot in your own personal life uh, without him uh, being part of the equation. And then you throw that on top of it. That's a lot to deal with. And it's going to take you a long time to process everything. And uh, you were strong and you're brave and uh, you made it this far. And uh, I I wish you uh, the best. I'm giving you a virtual hug. Uh, right now because uh you you need one and you need uh strength uh and support of people that have been through this before if also if everyone's out there listening um you know find the people you trust and make sure that they're the ones that you can trust and uh yeah and uh before we uh finish off here do you have anything you want to say to uh everyone listening um, the main thing I want to say is this is so not your fault. And there is, I know it's easy to, for me to say, but really, you know, I've felt guilt and I felt ashamed and I felt embarrassed and there is absolutely zero reason for that. These people are just unbelievably devious. They are not, they don't operate on the same wavelength as a healthy human being. And we, you can't even, you can't, start to recognize this because they don't process they don't think and they don't behave in the way that we do it's so alien to us and the only way to even start to get over it is to understand try and understand it you'll never understand it because it's so far removed from a normal healthy person but the last thing you need to feel is any type of shame about this i mean like I say, my mum was, is it, well, she, well, she was, yeah, she's retired now, a behavioural specialist. Um, she's got uh, postgraduate degrees. I've got a psychology degree. Um, and I've written a column about relationship advice for many years. And if we didn't see it, like, you know, your average person on the street is not going to see it. Um, but just know that you are the reason they caught, they, they, did this to you is because you were the good person um and that's really what's helped me to get through that i mean i'm not sure i necessarily believe all of that quite yet it's not quite sunken enough but that is the truth behind it all and i think that's what people really need to to focus on you are the good person in this and this this is just a disgusting a disgusting thing to happen to anybody and you did you didn't deserve it so I really want people to understand that because that's that's my that's my kind of life jacket. You know, that's what I kind of cling to that. Yeah. You know, that's that's how things are. Well, thank you for sharing your story today. No and, problem at all. And I wish you the best. I wish you the best on your trip. And thank you. uh, I'll stay in contact with you through email to see how things went. Brilliant. Oh, well, it's been great to talk to you. Nice talking to you. And that was my conversation with Sarah. And she went through a lot. That was a lot to deal with. That was a lot to deal with, uh, not just the narcissist aspect of the story, but in her own personal life. Uh, I hope that she is currently on her Scottish vacation and doing very well. She's a very brave and strong person to go through all that and come through on the other side. And it was a a good message that this story can happen to uh, anyone and to not feel shame about it and not feel guilt about it. And that uh, even people who are in this type of field and should have 
and everyone's opinion probably should be able to see these things. Uh, they you get blindsided. So I just want to thank Sarah one more time, and uh, we'll end it off right here. So thank you for listening. Give us some five star reviews on. Uh, whatever service you're using, iTunes, iTunes Podcasts. I don't know what it's called now. They changed their service. Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, any one of those. Give us a review. Listen to us. Tell your friends. Subscribe. And we're going to be starting off some, uh, I think, our next episode. Either will be another narcissist abuse uh, survivor episode or we'll be doing a new type of episode where we will be sharing uh, letters that... Uh, survivors always wanted to send to their abusers, but because of no contact or other reasons, it was just in our best interest not to send those things. But you always wanted to say them. So we've found some letters and we're going to be, uh, we got permission to use them. So we'll be reading them on the show. I will be having Melissa back on the show to discuss it. We'll be reading back and forth. Melissa herself will be reading her letter. I may read one. I may not uh, of my own doing. And in the future, I've added actually a part of the website where you can, uh, if you go to NarcissistApocalypse.com, you can, uh, if you want to leave your own message so we don't have to read it in the future, you can, there's a, a voicemail button. You can click on it. You can record it for about five minutes. And then if you still have more to go, uh, click on it a second time after you're done recording that part to continue it. Eventually, I'll be able to edit it into an episode, and we'll go from uh, there. We're trying to add like uh, different types of things going on in this uh, podcast, and that was one of the things we came up with. So everyone could have their voice, but who doesn't want to do an interview? But always wanted to say that one thing. It can be funny. It can be angry. It can be sad. It can be whatever you want it to be. But I think our next episode that we'll put out will have. It might not actually, it might not, probably two episodes from now. Uh, we'll give some good examples for everyone uh, on what they can do. Anyway, now I've talked too much. Thank you for listening to the How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse podcast. I am Chad the Impaler. Thanks for showing up. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. Please remain.